You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. There he is, coming down here. Out to Giannis! Caught oh! for Giannis with the advantage! No timeouts for the Hornets! Bridges nearly won it! Bucks win it! Welcome back. BetQL Daily presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe Ojo G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday as we get set for week 13. The NFL begins tonight. And joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line is Ed Egros, sports analytics expert at FanDuel for more ways to win, as well as Bally Sports West. Also find his work, NBC Sports Edge, and he contributes to the power rank with Ed Fang. Ed, uh, welcome back to the show. And why don't we start with tonight, a Thursday night football game. The Dallas Cowboys lines been jumping a little bit this morning. We we recently saw it at five and a half. Dallas got a little bit healthier, though the coaching situation a little off this week because of COVID issues. McCarthy's out. We're having a tough time making something of this game. I, I think the show in general leans towards Dallas tonight, but it's kind of a tricky game. What, what do you make of this one tonight? Yeah, it is a tricky tricky game, and uh, also Alvin Kamara not playing either uh, by all reports, and so I think that's significant because how many skill players do you really trust for the Saints at this point? But at the same time, uh, I think it was uh, you know PFF who brought this up as I was listening to uh, Eric and George on the way over here, and they brought up an interesting point that Taysom Hill, uh, who will be starting at quarterback for the Saints, has absolutely burned Dan Quinn defenses uh, when he was the head coach for the for the Falcons. When you look at what Taysom Hill has been able to do as a quarterback, I believe he ranks sixth in terms of uh, rushing yards over expected per carry. Quarterbacks tend to have more efficient rushing yards in the first place for a variety of reasons. Uh, lines already blocking in front of them, and they have more space to operate, better vision, all that good stuff. And Taysom Hill is certainly one of the better rushing quarterbacks. Now, throwing, yes, it's a big question mark. But I do believe that even though this Cowboys defense has done some good things in terms of takeaways, I do believe that you can exploit that front and possibly have a mobile quarterback take charge and uh, you know get some cheap yards here and there. To me, I think this line is a little big. Uh, I don't care too much about you know who's going to be on the sideline and who isn't going to be for, for the Cowboys because I think head coaches largely have those plans in place. And when you come across certain decisions in a game, largely I think everybody knows what they're going to do in the first place. It's just all about executing the game plan that you had leading up to game day. So I'm not too much concerned about that. I wouldn't let that affect my decision as far as you know what number I'd be looking at. But in terms of overall abilities – I think that the Saints can keep up if this gets to be a shootout. I do think even if it isn't, that Taysom Hill can do just enough to keep this a faster pace game. So to me, I don't think the Cowboys uh, are going to lose outright, but I think it will be probably closer than they would like. So you threw out the idea of the Saints keeping up, which I, which I find interesting because the total is above that key number of 47 and a half. It wouldn't shock me if it, if it closes below that number, but if you look at the Taysom Hill starts last year, we, we know without Camara, without uh, the tackles, that could be a concern, uh, according to the reports out this morning. They go run heavy. They, they control the clock, limit possessions. Would you lean to the under, or do you think, uh, like you alluded to, that maybe there is that possibility that this is a higher scoring game? 
I think there are a couple of paths where this could be an over. And one of them is the possibility that the Cowboys just win this in a blowout, you know, a 45 to three kind of a game. I think there is a possibility that that happens. I don't see it happening, but I like many more avenues getting to the over than say the under in large part, because we know that the Cowboys can be absolutely explosive, especially getting Amari Cooper back, which I, I don't necessarily think that his absence has been the problem for the Cowboys' overall results, but I do think it makes that team that much more explosive. Michael Gallup is obviously really good. CeeDee Lamb is obviously really good. There are a lot of solid targets for Dak Prescott to choose from. And yeah, this is a solid Saints defense all the way around, but good offense beats good defense, and I think the Cowboys win in large part because of the variety of weapons. Chargers at Bengals is an interesting one. Um, two teams where I, I have confidence and then I have no confidence, and it goes back and forth, kind of Jekyll and Hyde. How impressed have you been with what the Bengals are doing, and then what do you make of this Chargers team? Well, as far as the Bengals are concerned, obviously the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection has really surprised me since the start of the season in large part because I felt like that would need a little bit of time to grow into its own. But what we've seen has been nothing short of spectacular. I do think, though, that this Bengals defense has a lot of question marks, and this could be a great opportunity to take an over in large part because I think Justin Herbert is probably due for a monster outing. And look, the, the, the Chargers defense uh, may not be too good either. Either. And so this kind of back and forth affair, this may be just simply, all right, which which opportunity do you have to get points? That's the one I'm going to take because this is kind of a back and forth, back and forth affair, so to speak. It's interesting when you look at Justin Herbert, because here is someone who ranks 12th in EPA CPUE composite, which is my favorite quarterback metric for evaluating uh, overall efficacy. And 12th is pretty good, uh, especially for a second year quarterback. Uh, but he's have he's had to face a lot of quarterbacks who are higher up on that list. And guess what? All of his opponents, as far as quarterbacks are concerned within the division, are better than him in this particular metric. And so he has, you know, had a problem as far as overall strength of schedule, you know, having to try and keep up. But then also, too, you know, what are his playmaking situations going to be like at this point? So this is another example where Joe Burrow is coming in you know, you're comfortable with him. Obviously he's red hot, but at some point that could step back into reality as well. And so I see this being pretty close. I'd rather just get points and feel comfortable in case this gets to be a back and forth affair. Let's go to Monday night football here, Ed. It should be a great one, a big one in the AFC East. The number right now set to the Patriots getting two and a half points against the Bills. Both defensives have done a good job this year. And I just looked at it, your favorite quarterback stat. According to that, two top 10 quarterbacks, at least in current performance. Allen is at number four, Mac Jones at number 10. What do you think about this game? This feels like it's a pivot point in the AFC, certainly in this division. So one thing that I think is interesting, and I want to throw this out there first before diagnosing the game. If you believe that the Patriots are that much better than the Bills, fine. You know, the, the, the ground game is certainly good. They're using a sort of traditional fullback. They're zagging where everyone else is zigging. If you believe that the Patriots can sweep the Bills, win this game on Monday, and then win the next game over in Foxborough, then I think one bet to seriously consider is Buffalo Bills no on making the playoffs. Right now, that's at plus 740, which is insane to me. But – you know, given the log jam in those wild card spots in the AFC, I would not be surprised uh, when you have a team that you really believed in coming in getting squeezed out. 
there are some decent teams that are on the outside looking in at this point and some teams that, you know, have the seven and six spots that I don't know if I'm that comfortable in being able to finish well. So, you know, if the Bills get swept and then, you know, miss out on one or two games that have been surprising up to this point, the plus 740 no to make the playoffs is probably the way that I would approach it. Now, as far as this game in and of itself, I do like the Bills uh, in this spot, in large part because, yes, the Patriots are hot right now, but I think a lot of that is because of context, because they're taking on, uh, you know, inefficacious offenses, so to speak. So now you put them up against Josh Allen, who I think we all like. Will the Patriots pass a good bit more? Will they use those out routes more frequently, which, you know, can be reliable, but it's not really the identity. It's not really what they want to do. If the context dictates them passing a good bit more, will they be comfortable doing that? At this point, I'm not comfortable putting my faith in a rookie quarterback to be ha- to be able to handle that in a hostile road environment, all of the above. I think the Bills cover. Uh, Ed, choose your own narrative for Sunday Night Football. Broncos at the Chiefs. Andy Reid off the bye or Teddy Bridgewater as a dog. Teddy Bridgewater on the road. Been terrific throughout his entire career against the spread. Uh, this is obviously an inflated line. We're up to 9.5. It did touch 10 earlier in the week. Total of 47.5. Teddy Bridgewater does not stink. I am. I, I I get furious when I hear people saying, "Oh, Teddy Bridgewater is washed up." You know, he's not any of those. No, he's fine. He is great in terms of short throws from zero to nine air yards. In fact, he's one of the best short throw quarterbacks in football right now. Look at the receiving core; it's pretty spectacular, and they're investing in it more and more as we go along. Kansas City, yes, you know, Pat Mahomes is great and all that stuff, and yes, they're going to win this game. But nine and a half is an enormous spread when there are still Kansas City defensive question marks. Denver's offense overall is underrated. And Pat Mahomes has taken a step back since the Super Bowl, much less last season. I don't necessarily buy into this idea that Kansas City is going to right the ship and everything's going to be fine from here on out. I think they're going to have some close games and struggle. That's one of the reasons why I took the underseason win total for them. And another reason why I think that any spread beyond 10 against just about anybody is inappropriate. I think the Broncos cover this. So can you explain to me what is going on with the Raiders? Because this is a team, eight and three, atop the AFC standings, and I just don't have a lot of confidence in them right now. I I can't explain very much uh, as far as they are concerned. (laughs) I mean, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, there there are a lot of deficiencies, but they, they seem to be winning games. And as far as that's concerned, that's fine. But, you know, what, what what was the stat like uh, a quarterback who throws uh, four interceptions or more? They are zero and forty something, and Lamar Jackson uh, went on to change that. And now you know we're looking at the Ravens and kind of this. Weird. I mean, I I guess I'm a little bit biased because I like the Ravens coming out of the AFC at the start of the season, and they they've somehow fallen into the top spot, even though they've done it in the most circuitous of ways possible. So in that respect, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith as far as that pick is concerned. But in terms of explaining what they've been able to do up to this point, uh, you know, when you're hot, you're hot. And uh, just get back out there and keep on going because eventually things will fall your way. 
quick one on on uh, the Rams, and then um, and then we'll get maybe some college football thoughts from you. It's big college football week coming up. And what's wrong with the Rams' offense? Because I, you know, last year, last couple of years, when they fell apart, the easy narrative to go back to that word was, well, Jared Goff's not that good. Well, they trade for Matthew Stafford. That's obviously an upgrade in talent. Same part of the season, second half. Well, the offense isn't going good right now. Do we look to Sean McVay? Is there something deeper wrong with the Rams, or is this a three-game blip and we're all overreacting? I think we are overreacting, in all seriousness. I think we are. Uh, Matt Stafford, I think, in large part, has been okay. The biggest problem with him are his pick sixes, uh, and, and also interceptions in general and fumbles and whatever. But I, I believe he's had three straight games in these three losses with a pick six. Uh, that's that's pretty insane when you think about it, just in terms of the uh, the the luck or lack of luck involved to have something like that happen in the first place. Now, some of that may very well be desperation, so it's not entirely luck based, but it is still insane to think about that trend existing in the first place. One of the reasons why the Rams got off to such a hot start. Yeah, they did beat the Bucks, but they had a pretty easy schedule for much of the season. Then all of a sudden, they're taking on the likes of the Packers and the Titans, who were playing well at that point. And now we're seeing them against uh, stiff competition, and we're seeing that the Rams, I still think they're a good football team. They'll make the playoffs, but you know they're not dominating like they once did. And obviously, the ball is to get to Cooper Cup, and that still has largely happened uh, he's not going off for 200 yards, right? But he's still getting the ball at a decent clip, and you know his uh, expected completion percentage is fine. So this is a great opportunity, even though it's a large spread, uh, to cover against Jacksonville and sort of right the ship, so to speak, and you know sort of get comfortable again. Uh, with that, Egros on BetQL Daily, Ed, take us to your favorite Power Five championship side or total in college. I am going two places. One, I'm going to the American Conference. Uh, you know, everyone's beloved Cincinnati Bearcats going up against Houston. Houston's defense is underrated. And this is something that I've talked about a, a good bit before, but I do believe that an under here is the appropriate play. I am not sure that, you know, how much pressure is Cincinnati under to possibly be the first uh, group of five team to make the playoff? You know, I, I don't know how much that matters in a situation like this, but I do believe that after a while, the exhaustion starts to set in and Houston's defense could at least keep this game relatively close. Uh, don't know if I have a, a, a feel on the, on the uh, side, but I do believe an under is appropriate. Now the sec championship this is one where I love the over. And Georgia's defense has been unbelievable, no doubt about it. But I also know, uh, you know, watching Nick Saban all these years, that he does hold back some gadget plays for the best competition. He has done it against LSU for a long time. And I think he has evaluated the SEC to go, you know what? You know, the West may be slightly down with the exception of AM. We need to save some of our best stuff for the SEC championship game, which we feel we can get to. And now we're going to see things that Kirby Smart, I don't think, has prepared for, and Bryce Young is able to execute. So I do believe that Alabama can at least keep this game interesting, score enough points. I do like Georgia's offense as well, uh, You know, more for passing than rushing here, but I do believe both teams can score. Great stuff. Ed Egros from FanDuel, more ways to win. That was Ed on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BeckQL. 
Coming up next, we have to play a little nickel or dime. 20 minutes from now, we will have lightning bets right here on BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. What's up, everybody? Nick Costos here from You Better You Bet, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip. BetQL Daily, You Better You Bet, and BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network.